0: How much do you need to save for retirement? That's the question everyone asks at some point. But the answer can vary tremendously depending on where you are in life. If you're starting saving at 25, you need to put away about $522 a month with a 6% return to have at least a million dollars in retirement. If you wait until you're 30, you need to save $725 a month. If You wait until you're 35, that figure goes up to more than a thousand dollars a month. But wherever you are in life, it's never too late to start. And today on the Mach 1 Market Moment, we'll take a look at the very first steps you should be taking toward managing your money for a better tomorrow.
1: Welcome to the Mach One Market Moment, where we provide financial information on topics such as investing, insurance, financial planning, and everything related to your money. A quick reminder that the hosts of the show are employees of Mach One Financial Group. This podcast is for informational purposes only, and nothing said in the show should be taken as investment advice. Employees and clients of Mach One Financial Group may maintain positions in the securities or strategies discussed. We upload a brand new podcast every Thursday, so be sure to subscribe to our show so you never miss an episode also follow us on all of our social media platforms we are mach1 financial group on twitter facebook linkedin and youtube
2: if you have a question you want us to answer here on the podcast just send an email to podcast at mach1fg.com if you want to learn more about your financial future you can schedule a free consultation with any of our advisors here at mach1 with absolutely no obligation Just head to Mach1FG.com for more information.
0: Welcome to the Mach 1 Market Moment. Today, we're taking a step back and looking at retirement from the eyes of someone just starting out. That could be you. It could be your kids. It could be your grandkids. Or it could even be a friend. If you know someone who's at the beginning of their savings journey, this is a great episode to share with them. Okay, guys, we're going to be talking about the baby steps those we are smart Vester pro and Dave Ramsey's famous for creating the baby steps How you are supposed to be saving things you're supposed to do to be successful and and live like no one else? So later on you can live like no one else uh, I know that we're like I said the smart Vester pro I've actually taught the Financial Peace University for over 18 years. So these things are imprinted on my brain So let's start off baby step number one Eli, you're probably good at this. So you're early in your journey in saving. So what is baby step number one?
3: Well, it's saving an emergency fund. It depends on, on where you're at. Most likely most of the listeners here, what we would always recommend is, is three to six months worth of your expenses. But how do you get that number if you don't know your expenses? Well, you're going to have to figure out your expenses. So it's three to six months of your expenses if you spend 5000 a month
0: the minimum we'd say is 15000 Eli, the key point there is expenses. Some people will come in and say, well, I need to save six months of my income. No, of your expenses. And you only know your expenses if you do a... Budget. A budget. Yeah. So- and,
2: and to clarify, though, Mike, for a lot of Americans, their monthly expenses is their monthly income <laughs> so
0: that is true or, or the numbers very similar but if you don't know a budget you really don't know that so right you do your budget like Eli said if you have a five thousand dollar a month expenditures then six times five would be 30,000 see he's good at math quick math so you'd have thirty thousand dollars just sitting in cash an in emergency fund okay so now why do we do an emergency fund Matt Walter well I mean there's a lot of reasons uh,
2: you know, one that I often touch on is if you're someone who's taken the next steps, we'll get into in a minute, but you've invested and you have money invested, having an emergency fund can be one of the most important pieces to that plan because it can it can help keep you on track when something comes up, right, and keep you from having to dip into your investments or sell a position when the market's down because your, you know, HVAC went out at the house. Like the emergency fund is what helps keep you on course and on track you know, the other side of it is, well, if you lose your job or if, um, you know, life that happens, happens, it happens to all of us at different points in time. And just having the financial means necessary to support you and yourself and your family through those kind of volatile times is, is important and helps keep you from going out and getting into more debt, your investments stay on track. You know, so it's, it's really the, the kind of the Um, the foundation, I guess you could say, for a good financial plan.
3: And Matt, I would add a third part on that saying that it's it's also good for your psychology of knowing if a medical expense comes up. We had to go to the ER here recently, and knowing that we had an emergency fund to cover those expenses, well, it makes
0: it a lot easier to go there and have peace while you're there. And this was never more true than 2020. The market tanks, a lot of people lose their job, they're out of work, and they've got that emergency fund, man, they feel lot more calm about what's going on. Uh, If you don't have that emergency fund, well, if you didn't, you know how that feels and it's not a good feeling. So you need to have that emergency fund to have that cushion between you and life. And a lot of folks will say, well, what do I do with that emergency fund? Can I invest it? No. 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 That emergency fund is insurance. Insurance costs you money. It doesn't make you money. So you just set that over in a savings account, a money market account, and it just sits there. And for you folks that are married, especially you guys, Having a fully funded emergency fund really makes your spouse rest at night. She doesn't worry. She's got that. She knows if something happens, she still has that thing to fall back on. So if you're smart, you want to have that good emergency fund, especially for guys that are getting ready to be married or newly married. That is great advice. That will save you some uh, counseling expense later (laughs) on. All right. Baby step number two. Yep. Get out of debt.
2: Paying off debt. Yeah, this is a big one. So you want Dave Ramsey, you know, Ramsey talks about kind of the snowball effect or the snowball process, basically listing out your debts, smallest to largest and just kind of knocking them off, you know, getting as aggressive as you can towards the smallest debts. And then when that one's paid off, rolling all of the money you were putting in that one towards the next one, and then just kind of a snowballing effect as you go. Um, Whether you take that approach, which I think is a really good approach or not, it's just Just get after it, right? Start paying down debt. Don't don't let analysis be paralysis, which it often can for a lot of people. Um, If you don't know what to do, just start. Just come up with a plan that you know you can stick to, and just start knocking it out. Because the quicker you pay off debt, the more you're, the sooner you're going to be able to invest more. The sooner you're going to be able to um, retire. I mean, that really is kind of what leads to a lot of the next steps of the financial plan. But you want to. Put a pause on a lot of other things once you get your emergency fund funded. And if you have a lot of debt or several debts that you're trying to pay off, you want to hit pause on, on things that you maybe already started at work or your 401K and, and focus on that debt until you feel like you've got it under control or paid off.
0: And Dave Ramsey does recommend that you stop, even contribute to your 401K. I may differ a little bit with him on that point because right. I love to get that company match. But pay off that debt, you mentioned the the debt snowball where you list smallest to largest, pay off the smallest one, whatever you're paying on it, roll it to the next one, you keep rolling that down, the snowball gets bigger. There's also another way to pay off debt, it's called the... It's called the avalanche method. And what that means
3: is, and this is the one that I would prescribe to, to clients, is you, you look at your debts, forget about your home mortgage, so forget about your mortgage interest, look at your debts, car loans, credit card, and find which ones have the highest interest. And those are the ones that you pay off first. You pay the highest interest debt off first. You still pay the minimum payments on the other ones. They're not going to accrue extra interest that doesn't need to take place. But pay off your highest
0: interest and then go to your lowest interest. And and that that works. I like the combination of the two. I actually used this with a family member. They had some credit card debt, got rid of it. Then we went back to the snowball and just started to pay the smallest one. And the reason that Dave loves it, and it does work. Again, I've taught the class for 19 years. And... When you get that big win, that first one, you knock that one off. I mean, you get a, a feel-good moment, and you knock off number two, and you get another feel-good moment. So it's a psychology piece as well. Key is you want get to get the list, get after it, get to paying it off. But while you're paying off your debt, there's one thing you should not do, add more debt. <laughs> that just sounds simple, but it's, you know, right. it, it, again, teaching the class for 19 years. People go, yeah, I paid that debt off, but I just went and got a new car payment. Well, that, you know, that doesn't help any. So right. you got to get the debt and stay out of debt. I tell the class now, you got to learn to hate debt. Well, and Mike, why should someone pay off their debt? Why is it? Why is this before we say invest? Why is it important to be paying off debt? When you have debt, you're paying someone else. If you don't have debt and you have investments, which we're going to get to, then you're you're the one gaining the interest. So you think about the banks. Banks got these huge buildings. All the studies show they make gazillions of dollars loaning out money. Well, what if you invested that money, then you'd be the one making the money. Also, what helps with your emergency fund? So if your $5,000 in the example we used earlier includes your debt, and if you have all your debt paid off, now your normal expenses may be $3,000, and three times six is only $18,000 versus $30,000 for an emergency fund. So it really helps out with your cash flow. Uh, the only person debt's good for is the person that's loaning it to you. They're the ones that's making hay. Next baby step. Now that we've got emergency fund, we're completely out of debt, except for our mortgage. Now we need to start planning for a retirement. All right, Matt, retirement. How much should somebody be saving for retirement?
2: Yeah, I mean, the answer here is always, you know, obviously, the more the better. I mean, so if you can save the half your income by all means save it but most people can't so trying to set a target of how much should I be shooting for kind of minimum and you know Dave Ramsey talks about 15% being kind of the target save 15% of your income um, but I always said you know don't stop there by all means if you can save more save more but that's a great place to start to start looking at what actions can I take now to get to that 15% um, as quickly as possible 15% is a you know, it's a big number for a lot of people, right? Um, That that can be, that can seem like a lot, especially if you're one that's not used to it saving or investing a lot of money. And so just taking the steps is necessary to start working your way there um, as soon as possible. And I think if you're at least doing the 15%, you'll probably be in
0: great shape long-term. And if you can't do 15% right out of the gate, I mean, Eli here, second job out of college, if he can't quite get to 15%, is it okay to do less than that? Yeah, absolutely. And then do what?
2: Work your way toward, work your way out. Every time you get a pay raise, every time you, um, whatever you know, get a bonus. I mean, all just be constantly looking for ways to increase that. So if you can start at five percent, by all means, start at five percent. But then you know, constantly be kind of looking at ways that you can increase that percentage, and don't don't let spending creep you know, take place every time you make a little bit more money or you get a pay raise or you get a new job. Don't let your lifestyle, you know, follow along with that. If possible, let that go to savings and you'll get to 15% pretty quick.
0: I do an example. Uh, I teach financial peace to guys that are coming out of prison now down in Springdale. And I do an example with them with a couple making $50,000 a year from 30 to age 65, $50,000 a year. That's all they ever make. And they say 15% when they retire – with a company match, they have almost $2 million. And the guys, their mouths just drop. And, and the math is there. If anybody wants to challenge, come on in. I'll show you. We'll go through the math. But you can do it 15%. And they end up having more income in retirement than they do during their working years. But again, 15% is the goal. And it does not count the company match. And why do we say that? Well, if you remember during the pandemic, a lot of companies ran right here stopped the company match. Yeah, yeah. And if you were planning on that, you would have been short. So you do your 15%, and if they can kick in another whatever, that's gravy. One strategy
3: that I've seen some people use here in northwest Arkansas is if there's a bonus coming in your salary, so you typically live on your salary month to month, well, then there's a bonus coming, and they'll ramp up their 401K contribution, say, 50%, so a $10,000 bonus, 5000 of that goes goes to their 401K. And so that ups their percentage for the year, and not something that you should bank on but something that you could do is know when your bonuses come in, up your percentage that you're going to contribute to 401k and that really will help
0: that definitely helps and it saves them on taxes too because their bonus is usually taxed at a higher rate so good point now strategically we save for retirement before the next baby step on purpose you save for retirement before you do college planning so i'm getting ready to retire in january if i go to the bank in january when I'm getting ready to retire and say, "Hey, I'm ready to retire. I want to borrow some money to retire on." Matt, what are they going to tell me? No, sorry, you don't. Well, you don't have any income to support it, or you, and so
2: yeah, it's going to be hard. And this is one thing we I see it all the time. I know you do too. Where you know, and we get we're both parents. You want to take care of your kids, but I, I tell clients and people all the time the best thing you can do for your kids is take care of yourself first. Save for yourself. Make sure your own financial situation is taken care of because you can you may it may make you feel good to pay for their college and to do things and save as much as you can for their college but if you end up later in life having you know they end up having to support you I promise you they're going to be thinking well I wish mom and dad would have just saved for and taken care of themselves I could have figured out college and to your point Mike they can easily go and people are just chomping at the bit to give them loans for college so not that we're encouraging that but it's not not any issue whatsoever if they need to go borrow a little money to get themselves through school. That's not a problem. They have the rest of their lives to get that taken care of. But you, as someone who's you know getting older and you know focusing on taking care of yourself first, and that's I spend a minute kind of hammering that home because I see it all the time where you know clients will come in and they're barely scraping by for themselves, and then the, all their questions are how we got you know we're saving for the kids' college, we're investing here, and it's like. We got to backtrack and, and get back on course here. So, uh, but college funding is the next step once you've invested that fifteen percent, and you're on track and you're doing what you need to do to take care of yourself. Looking at your kids or grandkids or whoever, whatever college that you're wanting to help out with is kind of the next step in the
0: Ramsey process. And just to back up on the safer for your retirement first is kind of that's why the airlines say when it's time to put the air, your, the oxygen mask on, who puts them on first? Yeah. Well, you put them on first and then you put them on the kids. If you don't, there won't be any of you to help the kids. So take care of your stuff first. All right. College funding. All right. So you talked about student loans. Yep. We don't, we don't like student loans. Student loans, the only thing you cannot bankrupt. Uh, they'll take your social security to pay that student loan if you have it at that point in time. So what would be a good thought process for parents that want to save? I mean, Eli, we were talking early, uh, you, for your future children, which you don't have any yet, you're thinking about college funding,
3: what would you do? Well, you have several options that you can do with college funding, but for the sake of this podcast, I think that the reason that we're talking about it is just know that college funding should come after you invest for retirement. We have other podcasts that talk about the specifics on what you can do for college funding. You can go back and find those. But for now, just know, first you pay off debt, You save your emergency fund,
0: you invest for retirement, and then it's college funding. And, you know, if you do all these baby steps we're talking about, and let's say you never got around to saving much for college, and now your kid's in college. Well, if you do this baby steps, you're going to be out of debt. You're going to be saving for retirement. You may or may not have your house paid off, which we're coming to next. You may be able to cash flow it at that point. Yeah, you don't.
2: Yeah, to to help your kids, whether you're flat out paying for it or just helping them, it doesn't mean you have to have this big giant number there the day they graduate high school, right? So to your point, Mike, if you've got an extra thousand, two thousand dollars a month of cash flow on top of what you're investing because you've got your debts paid off by all means, I mean, you can still help the kids get through college. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm a I'm a big advocate of of prioritizing college funding and savings for sure, but but not letting it creep up to the top of the
0: list, which is easy for a lot of people. So that, so after college funding, then we get on to paying off your house early. Now, today, interest rates have been like all-time lows. They're starting to creep up. So you hear a lot of people saying, well, I want to keep that for the tax write-off. Well, if you know anything about Dave Ramsey, he'll use this famous example. If you pay $10,000 to the bank – to get $2,500 tax deduction, you could get that same tax deduction if you gave the $10,000 to a charity. You don't have to have a mortgage to get a tax deduction.
2: Yeah. No, it's a great point. I mean, I don't think in uh, tax deduction or no tax deduction. I mean, there's no, there's no one thing or specific reason of why it would make sense to keep debt versus pay debt off, right? And there's a reason, though, that paying off your home is here at the tail end of the list, right? We've already started investing. We've already started saving for college. Co- so I think... Even Dave, you know, agrees in that, that, you know, this shouldn't be priority number one, two, three, four, you know, or even five. I mean, this is towards the bottom, but it still needs to be a priority. It still needs to be on the list, and it needs to be something that I always really make sure, you know, are we at least in the worst-case scenario on track to have the home paid for before we retire? As long as we're on that, you know, we may not need to take any kind of extreme – Um, changes or planning to try to expedite it from there. But are we on track? Because some people, you know, they'll go out at age 60 and get a new 30 year mortgage. And there's no, yeah. I mean, there's no plan to pay that off sooner rather than just floating a mortgage all through retirement. And it just makes, it makes it more stressful. And so paying off your house, absolutely an important step. Um, And making sure you have it paid off, you know, before or well before retirement is really priority.
0: If you have it paid off before you retire, then your cash flow doesn't have to be as, right. as high. That means you don't have to pull as much from your retirement funds. And, and the stress level just goes down. You're out of debt. You know what? whatever happens, as long as you pay your taxes, you're going to be have a house to live in. So it, it does just absolutely reduce the stress in retirement. And that's what you want last in retirement is stress. Yeah. So, yeah. If you can, get that thing paid off before you retire. You should make every effort to do that so you can have a less stressful retirement. All right. So now we've got an emergency fund. We paid off all of our debts except our house. We we're saving for our retirement at least 15%. We're planning for college. Now we're going to pay the house off. Okay, what's left? What's next? Well, you shouldn't just sit on the couch, should you, Mike? Uh, no, you won't last very long. <laughs>
3: no, the, the, the last step is just building wealth, so continuing to build the wealth, and then give. It, to have all the resources that we've been blessed with, to be able to retire, none of that will bring as much joy as giving to the community around you, giving to your church, giving to organizations that your heart is excited to, to give to, something that you care for. If you can see your money do something good for the community around you, then that's what we have money for. And that's the purpose, that we, that we build wealth in the first place.
0: Build wealth and give a bunch of it away. I tell this even to the guys coming out of prison, taking this class. You know, they've been incarcerated for several years. And I, I tell them this, and I tell this to every class that I teach, is the most fun you'll have with money is giving it away. It sounds counterintuitive, but give it a shot and tell me if I'm wrong. All right, folks, that's it for today. We went over the Dave Ramsey Baby Steps. For financial peace, if you want financial peace in your life, you get you an emergency fund. You get out of debt. You save at least fifteen percent towards your retirement. You get if you have kids, start a college fund, and then you pay that house off early, and then you build wealth and just give a ton of it away, and that will give you financial peace. And we'd like to end each session with a thought of the day. And today it says, your future depends on many things, but mostly on you. Your future depends on many things, but mostly on you. Well, that's it for today's Mach 1 Market Moment. We look forward to you joining us next week when we have another very interesting topic here on the Mach 1 Market Moment.
1: Mach One Financial Group Inc. Mach One is an SEC registered investment advisor located in Bentonville, Arkansas. Mach One may only transact business in those states in which it maintains a notice filing or qualifies for an exemption or exclusion from registration requirements. SEC registration does not constitute an endorsement of the firm by the commission, nor does it indicate that the advisor has attained a particular skill level or ability. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. All investment strategies have the potential for profit or loss. The information presented is the sole opinion of the speaker and is not meant to be investment advice. Mach One does not provide tax or legal advice. You should speak with your tax or legal advisor regarding your specific situation. For full disclosures, please visit www.mock-1financial.com/disclosures.